Hey everybody, this is Davis over at the CFG, and I would like to welcome you to another episode of Pop Culture Gems. This is a series where we talk to amazing creators, artists, cosplayers, voice actors, and so much more. If you like the interviews we do uh, with our amazing guests, give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our YouTube channel, the CFG channel, or you can either go to our website, confreaksandgeeks.com, to check out the full backlog or any podcast services out there. Today... I am with the incredible voice actor that crushes the roles that they are in. He has been in several series you have known and love. He has played the parfum lusted magician Ichia Wandale Kotobuki in Fairy Tale, one of the seven warriors Gecko Moria in One Piece. I'm sorry, Warlords, not seven Warlords Gecko Moria in One Piece, uh, Balgus from Escaflone, Morito from Dr. Stone. But you may remember him as the Lord of the Underworld, Momonga. AKA Ein's old gone from the Overlord series. I'd like to welcome Chris Guerrero to the show. How are you doing, sir? It is great to be here. Yes, bow before my power. But yeah, no, I'm I'm glad to be here. Um, I, I I it's been a while since I've done an interview, so I hope I'm not too rusty on this because I'm just like talking about myself. How do I do that? <laughs> oh yeah, well, it's not gonna really be like you know, this is not gonna be like a normal kind of interview. This is a chill interview. I'm it's like a, it's usually kind of geeky. It's mostly you know, so it's like laid back. It's uh, but hey, but hey, hey, whatever comes on mind comes to mind. It's all good. That's what that's what that's what that's what I'm here for. So love it, love it. Yeah, because you given off uh, since I began talking to you, you uh, give off really nice chill vibes. No, th- yeah, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, that's one of the cool things, though, you know, but, but that, that, that's good. But no, I'm really, you know, it's funny. I've been wanting to talk to you for a while. I've been like, uh, I'd like, because like, it, I have a list because I had a goal of like people. I was like, I really would love to talk to, to, uh, to other people. You were on my list for like the past year. So I'm totally hyped to talk, uh, to, talk to you and see, to kind of oh, pick your mind a little you. bit. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Please pick up my brain. Here, have a little for you. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Don't mind if I do. But anyway. <laughs> well, it's good. Let's geek out. I'd love to geek out with you today. So let's get this party started. All um, right. So, okay. So basically, let's start off with, let's start off with something simple. Probably something that you've said or, or uh, been asked multiple, multiple times. But what is your story? Like, what is, uh, like, what got you into voice acting initially? Gosh, uh, it's kind of funny because uh, I never uh, the thing I wanted to be as a kid was a video game programmer because that was my escape as a child because I was a classic, uh, you know, um, I I was a bigger boy. I, you know, I was bullied in my elementary days, middle school days. And, you know, I, I to to kind of get away from all those woes of real life, I would, you know play my super nintendo my playstation and i was just they were like a big focus of my life at that time because it was just this nice uh getaway and i was like man i i these games have been such a big part of my life i'd like to become a programmer unfortunately for me you have to be kind of good at math which i was not good at math and uh also, context too. Uh, my first time e- experience with theater was in middle school, and I did not do good at all. Also, I don't think my teacher was very good at all. So, I and I don't have many memories, but I was never in a play or anything. It was mostly like, you know, script analysis and things like that. Kind of pretty boring. It wasn't engaging. So, 
when I got to high school, of course, I had to take a humanities and uh, I don't know. I was like, I yeah, just put me in anything. I ended up being in a, a theater class. And in the first day, uh, I believe the teacher's name was Mr. Stevens and very, very energetic. I believe he, he just, you know, fresh out of college. Uh, and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm really ready to learn and teach theater and all that stuff. So, you know, very youthful spirit. Uh, you know, really wanted to connect with his students. And he he basically said, so we're holding uh, auditions for this play called The King's Stag, if I remember correctly. And if you get a role in the play, you will get extra credit in the class. So me having the experience in middle school not doing too well, I was like, well, I'm probably not going to do really good in this class, so I might as well try to get a part, try to make up for it, or try to get something passing. So I auditioned, and, uh, you know, very nerve-wracking, because I really never had any theater experience before. And, uh, you know, about like a week later, uh, I I was told that I got a part of not Guard 2, but Guard 1. Oh, snap. Right. <laughs> that has a pay bump, doesn't it? Exactly. I was uh, <laughs> made a big splash already. It was like, really? You think? Mm. But maybe it was because I was taller than guard, guard two in the end. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, but, whichever way gives you that advantage, you know? So <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and from there, I just like the process of it. And uh, it, it really did help me open up a lot because uh and th- when I got to high school, that's when things really got better for me, uh, uh, mentally, socially, because, uh, you know, I wasn't in middle school anymore. Nobody was, you know, high school, you know, people are petty and stuff like that. But like the people I interacted with were more mature <laughs> and, uh, you know, would uh, yeah, didn't like make fun of like because I was still bigger set then. Yeah. But I was like trying to lose weight but you know i i had nobody disparage me about my like my weight or my looks or anything like that so that was a you know very very nice for a change of being in school because school had always been a like a, a chore for me but this was like oh i can't wait to go to school and do theater class you know you do all the other classes like eh, it's whatever but theater i was actually mm. looking forward to going to that class <laughs> instead well, it's actually kind of surprising because usually the story when you're growing up is you love school initially then when you get to high school it's when it gets tough <laughs> and then, then in your side it seems like everything was reversed like early days like like uh element like middle school was a tough time and then high school was was the time you were actually enjoying <laughs> enjoying it? Yeah, I just it, it was completely flipped on its head. I was like, all right, I, and it helped that I had a lot of good uh, teachers there too. That you know built me up and all that. And uh, my my theater teacher at the time at uh, high school, Mister Smithers, was really really you know because uh, it was like Mister Stevens, the assistant director, because he was a new guy, and then the the uh, older uh, uh, theater. Uh, teacher there, Mr. Smithers. And, you know, they were very, very super kind, uh, supportive, uh, always wanted to try to uh, uh, draw out the creativity in you. And uh, and I just kept doing theater throughout the, the entirety of my high school days. And uh, that kind of coincided because, you know, I was also big online user and I used to go to a website called newgrounds.com. I'm sure you might have heard of that. 
Oh yeah. And uh, so I would go there and I would go to the forums and uh, I would go to the RP forums. So uh, they had like different clubs, but they were like subsections of different things. So I was part of the Ninja Club, which was just like a Ninja RP. And uh, and I know one day we, we started beef with the Samurai Club. And uh, so, you know, we were kind of trolling and all that. And our club board got shut down so we ended up making our own like little forum and um one of the members was like hey i'm getting into like pixel animation and i wanted to make like this uh because it was just like he was taking like mortal Kombat uh sprites and like recoloring them but he was basing them around our characters that we wrote about so it's like so if y'all have like a microphone i'd love to get y'all to like do some voices for this little project i'm working on I was like, oh, wow, that's so cool. So I went to Best Buy and bought like a really crappy $20 USB mic. But hey, you know, you got to start somewhere. Right. Yeah. And uh, so that kind of coincided with me beginning theater. So they were kind of they kind of started in tandem. But I can I could also say maybe I was doing voices already because I would do voices as a kid. But mostly my mom would uh, when I would do stuff like that, my mom would call me a smart ass. <laughs> well, like, I'd so, always. Oh, so go on. Oh no, I was just wondering. Like, so, like, you, so basically, like, so, like, I mean, it's clear that you definitely had the uh, had the, the itch of uh, a voice acting or of acting in in high school and stuff. Like, did that did that like just j- it just grew from that point on, or was it? Uh, did you uh, like? I mean, like, what else? Like, did you go to like like you uh, school and get that get get professionally done, or did you just basically because of new grounds you just this. It just it just kind of went off from there, you know. Uh, it was uh, definitely the the because um, you know it was just for a lark with the the voice acting for my friends. Like, oh, I think it'd just be cool to be in like an online production because I never like thought I would be doing acting as professionally uh, as I am now. Uh, that was like uh, never something I had in mind. It was just uh, like, oh, this is a fun project. But I was doing theater because it was just. Uh, you know, it's good for my mental health. It was fun. I enjoyed it, you know, because, you know, I, I, I was very self-deprecating still, you know, because I had, you know, body image issues and stuff like that. So like being in theater, I got to be a character that wasn't me. So it was interesting to kind of dive in that and be like, OK, I can just forget about my life for a moment moment and I can just be this character. And, uh, yeah, I did that and they, you know, they went in tandem and, uh, as I did more online stuff, uh, you know, of course, you know, doing the theater, cause that's where I got the basis of my acting skill is from the theater. And that just lent itself to the voice acting. So as I progressively went through that, I got more roles, I got better projects, some, and, you know, some things that paid here and there, you know, nickel and dime stuff. But I was like, Hey, I, I got paid. Oh, and also a big thing I should say at this time, I had a lisp. Oh, you had a lisp too on top of that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of businesses, I would say businesses. Oh, wow. So the, the, how hard did it take to, uh, like, did you get that? Uh, did you get uh, your lips lisp, uh, professionally trained or did you just did you figure it out yourself in middle school i i i had like some speech therapy but when i went to high school i didn't i didn't really take speech therapy maybe i i fixed it a bit but i still it was still prominent 
because uh, NES sounds, my st- my tongue would stick out. But no, I I, I kind of went about this around a weird way. Basically, I would ask people, when you say this word, where do you put your tongue? And then I would watch videos of people like on YouTube and stuff and like talking and just kind of watch their mouths and how they said words and where it looked like they were placing their tongue. You legitimately asked a, per- a person how did how that happened, like direct. Like it has to be someone you knew, right? Like it wouldn't be just like a stranger. I'm oh yeah, no, right? no. It'd be like friends, <laughs> or family. It'd be like you know, I'm just, I'm trying to fix this list, but I'm just curious uh, when you where do you place your tongue when you say this word? So it, it I so I kind of trained myself from there to to uh, correct that. So I would. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't really. So I, I didn't go for professional help from high school onwards because uh, I think my mom was trying to help me in middle school, but you know, it didn't help. I, I can't remember that much, but I was like, maybe I sounded worse or messier. My speech was messier when I was younger. Um, but yeah, no, I just uh, I just watched and uh, asked people where they placed their tongue. That is incredible. That's awesome, dude. That's like really. That's really awesome. Jeez, and, like I mean, and but like, uh, did you? Uh, uh, so, what initially was like your? Do you remember your first role, or the, would you say your first kind of big break uh, into voice acting itself? Like, what was like your first job, legitimate job, when you got into it? Like, uh, I'm thinking like that's still small scale because I I still went when I went to college. I was still doing the acting, but I think maybe in high school I. I auditioned for something. It was like a little app game, you know, a little point and click thing. So I would say that was my first big thing because it was for, you know, it was like a legitimate game. Uh, and, uh, uh, it, uh, and that you could get on your phone and it paid. So I, that's where I say would be my first like legitimate thing. And, uh, from there, and you know, like Newgrounds too, like as I did more stuff, uh, they did games too, and they would pay <laughs> you because, you know, they add revenue. Newgrounds um, is such a random site, though. Like, it's so like, I mean, it was like they had the flat. Uh, it was Flash players, Flash games. I didn't, I didn't even know when you said the for, that there was a RP form. I didn't even know they had that. Like, yeah, it, it, yeah. That's, I'm not quite sure if they have that anymore because that was like, like early, <laughs> early uh, Newgrounds. Yeah, they had like news groups a long time ago. I mean, like new It's like it's surprising how how transformed Newgrounds has like has become from the when it initially uh, came out. But it definitely, God, that is such a long time ago. Yeah, oh. <laughs> like, people who started off there now working in like the professional industry. Like uh, I know, like Smiling Friends was uh, that show. Like a lot of like Newgrounds people created that. So it's like wild, like where these people started and where they they are now. I didn't even know that's what I didn't know that that's 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 awesome man that yeah so yeah <laughs> and uh, uh but yeah to fast forward to try to get to how I got yeah. into anime uh, <laughs> so after high school went to college of course did the theater there and uh, loved it uh also shout out to my uh, favorite theater professor Derice you are my second mother and uh, I, I don't know if I'd be here now if it weren't for you. Um, and at that time, uh, I, as I got better and I fixed my lisp, um, Funimation had like open auditions. And um, 
I had already done some like stuff. I, you know, I've done the call it stuff. And then I did some local theater and then some TV stuff here and there. Um, just background stuff. I, I remember distinctly one of them was Friday night lights. And, uh, th- I was like, you know, in the audience of a football stadium, but it was supposed to be like a winter game. And, but we were filming during summer. So we had to wear like winter gear. So we're out there just sweating our butts off at like, you know, for five to six hours. Oh, wow. There was and- a, uh, there was a movie that we I was in called Slapper. She's French, and, for, and we were in a. Uh, it was when I was in high school. They made us wear like these. It was uh, I was in the band, and then they made us wear it like the light our, our uniforms in hot weather, direct hot weather. Oh. And I'm just like, it's like do you, this is like cruel and unusual punishment. So yeah, that was it during the daytime too. Yes, it was. It well, it started filming in the day, but we got out at two o'clock in the morning. Oh my gosh. It was, it was insane. It was terrible. Yeah. The only grace <laughs> was like, we, we got to film at night, but you know, still like hot summer in uh, Texas is Ex- still like, mm. oh, yeah, the sticky um, humidity. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I got to catch you Oh, no, off no, that. no. You're good. <laughs> um, but yeah, because uh, when I submitted, I didn't submit a demo. I just like, well, I have a nice little selection here of uh, theater, uh, uh, some very few TV stuff and some indie projects uh that i did like actually one of the like indie projects i did was a for a nickelodeon uh film festival and uh there was like a category for like a 30 second like uh you know animation and i voiced like a guy in a uh, alligator or crocodile anyway uh that won so the winner got their um animation showed on nickelodeon so I was like, oh, I can actually say, like, you know, I was in a Nickelodeon thing. <laughs> um, so submitted to Funimation, didn't hear for like basically half a year. Uh, came in for an audition. I think the first thing I ever auditioned for was an anime called Level E. And uh, didn't book anything there. Uh, but then a month later, uh, I got called in because generally, because. Uh, People come in and, you know, if they're doing like a general call, it'll just be generic. They'll have like sides from other projects. But I, these, my first two auditions were for actual shows. And my second show I auditioned for was uh, Toriko. Oh, nice. I, you know, I auditioned for a few characters. I was just like, man, I felt pretty bad on that one. I'm probably not going to get anything. And then a week later, it's like, Hey, uh, we want to cast you, uh, Toriko, and we want you to be the narrator. And I was just like, "What? Narrators in every episode?" <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, but it was very nerve wracking as well because it was like, "Oh my gosh, uh, this is." Uh, I wasn't expecting this. I was ex- expecting man to be or like uh, guys like, "Oh my gosh, look at that." But yeah, that's how I, I kind of officially got, and that was my first foray into anime. Wow, that is like as a as the narrator. Well, I have to say that is the most like interesting story I've I've heard. Right, like to get into try to get into uh, get into voice acting, let alone anime. I mean, that's cra- that is a crazy crazy uh, up uh, up and downhill battle there. But that's awesome. I'm glad you definitely glad you persevered and, and uh, in the business on it so that's great that's cool uh 
you said earlier that uh prior to that that, uh like uh uh, that that you were into kind of gaming and stuff uh before this uh before your you know the theater bug got you but like like uh like what kind of like were you also like a uh, I would say like, you know, an OG or a connoisseur, if you will, uh, for like, uh, like anime as well during that time too. Or like, like what, what kind of stuff did you like, did you have any specific shows or any kind of go-to games or anime that you, that you like to like to play? Or oh anything? yeah. Big, big time gamer. Um, and uh, cause I didn't truly start watching anime until, uh, you know, Toonami came on. So that was like my first introduction. So the classics, uh, uh, Dragon Ball Z, uh, Tenchi Muyo, Outlaw Star, Sailor Moon, and uh, whatever else they they put on at the time. It's and funny that- because mm-hmm. now when you told me the list right there, now I know you're a child of the '80s. <laughs> so 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 like it's like uh, when Tuna- when Toonami first came out, that was like what '96, I believe. <laughs> like yeah, something like that. Gundam yeah. Wing, all that stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, Gundam Wing. Yes, yes. Uh, all my depressed boys. Well, only <laughs> one truly depressed. Well, there's a few depressed boys, but some of them were more energetic. They had a clown. Um, I mean, a freaking clown in one of those. In one of these Gundams. It was, it was insane to me. Oh yeah, I think Tanami <laughs> also did G Gundam too, which went. That was the hardest Gundam. <laughs> it was <laughs> uh, like reboot win or like sequel win. I, I I don't know. That was like nothing comes close to that that Gundam series. And that uh, actually, that deserves like a rewatch for me. I should uh, I should uh, go f- back to that. My favorite Gundam in that series was Mexico's Gundam because someone made <laughs> tequila <it>. Gundam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they made. I mean, like the the country made an open choice to put a sombrero on a freaking machine. And, I mean, you can't say like someone someone has to be promoted for that. That was amazing to me. So uh, I would love. I loved it. Who <laughs> was the one? I, I I could be wrong, Colin, but I know there was a Gundam that was just basically a giant windmill in its chest. Oh, well, probably like, oh, wait, I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't yeah. I don't remember what country it was, but it, it's just it was hilarious to me. Like uh, Gundam Wing was too serious for me. Like, uh, like, although I did not like I, what was his name? Um, The main dude, uh, Hero. I think it was Hero. Yeah. Hero, I believe. Yeah. 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 Like, like I was like, man, this guy goes to space in bike shorts and a singlet shirt. <laughs> and <then> like, <laughs> it's like, he wants to dress casual when he's in space like that. It's like, that's, yeah, it's like, no, thank you. <laughs> like, I need somebody who's a little more engaging. This guy's just like, whatever. Uh, yeah. I don't care about life. <laughs> <laughs> just the, uh, just the, uh, a rebel soldier just like to fight. Like, what? What about gaming though? Like, gaming wise, like, what were you like? Or were you, what kind of games were you into? Of course, the classic Mario's, Donkey Kong's, uh, uh, most Nintendo titles. But when I was younger, younger, I was like not selective about games. I was like, you know, Friday, mom, uh, you know, uh, she, my mom would be like, okay, you rent a game, so I would like try everything. Uh, definitely was into uh, as I got older the RPGs, the Final Fantasies. Um, let me see if there's any deep cuts I can think of. Anything obscure? Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't have that one that was like a go-to, or like you had the fit, like the like a favorite that uh, that you would say. Like, I would say one of the ones that I played obsessively. I haven't played it in years because I I probably because I burnt myself out. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I was young, um, when I first got my PlayStation, did not have a memory card. Oh, oh um, wow. uh, so. I got Final Fantasy VIII, and I would 
play it and see how far I would get each time before I'd have to turn it off. Oh my God. <laughs> that would drive me insane. <laughs> so I think I would get to the part where you fight uh, Edna, the witch in that. So I think that was disc two. That's so like that's 20 a, hours in. <laughs> yes. When it, when it was summer, summertime. Oh no. Like I got proficient. So I don't think it was like, I, I, it'd be like, okay, start early in the morning. And by like late night, be like, okay, I ended here. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, as a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I'm just going to get better and better. I can make this quicker. I, I want to get further. Um, also, oh gosh, how could I forget one of my favorite, favorite games, PlayStation era, Metal Gear Solid. Uh, oh, that was yeah. one of my, that's, ooh, that one <laughs> hit different for me when I was young. And also <laughs> that really like made me, I, I think maybe put the seeds of me being interested in voice acting, just like how uh, uh, cinematic was oh, yeah, uh, that's at that time. True. I wasn't used to that. Like as a kid, you know, we were playing Final Fantasies. There was no uh, voice acting. It was all dialogue based. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow, this is something different. And uh, it's just the story, the characters, it just really caught me. So I think that also kind of put the acting bug in me. So that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I can easily see that, especially uh, who was the voice of uh, David Hayter, I believe was the voice. Yeah, David of Hayter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, then it, you're right. It was definitely a, even for its time. I mean, it was very movie, movie centric, I would say uh, with some of the cutscenes and stuff. So, so yeah, you're told, totally, I would totally agree with that, <laughs> but that's, that's cool. Do, are you, do you still, do you still kind of game now or is it kind of when you have time, I would say, but uh Oh yeah, I've been going hard on that Elden Ring. Oh, Elden Ring! <laughs> oh, jeez, everyone's I've already put um seventy-one hours in it to, uh, so far, and I'm not even close to being done with it. Oh no, <laughs> just so close. I'm like, I haven't even touched. I'm afraid of even touching it just because I don't want to get hooked. It is, that- yeah. You like? Uh, are, did you like Breath of the Wild? Uh, yeah, kind of. I did. I, uh, uh, I was, I. Uh, it was all right uh, of a game for me. I, it's true. I felt like uh, the world was a little empty. But with this, it's like, you know, so many games are open world now. But with this, mm-hmm. it just it feels alive, lived in uh, because it's so uh, obscure because the game doesn't hold your hand. And if you want you like they don't tell you like, oh, you can find a character here and here. It all just comes naturally because the game encourages you to explore. And, uh, uh, you know, you explore this, this area is too strong. So maybe I'll go over here and then you run into some random character. Like one of the instances, like I was just out exploring and somebody's like, Hey, you over there, come over here, help me out. It's like, what the hell? And then I'm just kind of looking around and I bump into a bush and it transforms into like this little monkey man. It's like, Oh, thank you. I was transformed by these horrible people. (laughs) <laughs> it's like jesus like random like little little these like little quests that come out throughout the uh throughout the game like that you just walk up and it just happens yeah yeah like you can just be walking and these are things you can just completely miss if you're not exploring and then you can just start this whole quest line and which oh i think is so cool just feels makes the world a little more like grounded and real to me more you know, alive. This, exactly more alive uh, because it's not like, you know, I and I can understand like the, the, um, wanting it to be a little more user-friendly, uh, uh, more accessible, that is to say, because those, you know, the soul series is definitely marketed t- 
to not be very uh, easy at all. Yes, it is not. Yeah, definitely. So, but that's cool though. I mean, you need to like. I hope you like. Do you stream or do you, do you just do this on your own, on your own leisure? I, I used to stream. I would like to stream more, but uh, gosh, I just like because I, I started doing audiobooks, and so every time I'm like done with the day, I was like, I just need some me time. I like I've been putting. I've been. Yeah, I've been doing voice work from here and there and there. It's like, I want to just chill out. I would definitely want to start streaming again. Um, that would make sense, though. I mean, like, you'd, yeah, once you, if you're on the front of a computer for eight hours a day, the last thing you wanted to do is be on a computer at home. So exactly. Like, <laughs> and now I got to be on for an audience. Hey there, it's me, Chris Guerrero, here to play Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yep, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I like in that exact voice, and it's just like, just because I'm just that would be that would be hilarious, but yeah, but no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say this though, I mean, uh, like, uh, I also know you're a big fan of One Piece, and it was awesome that you were like, I know you played like, like I said earlier, you did play like Gecko Moria, one of the Seven Warlords in it. Uh, but I was actually kind of wondering, like, what your thoughts were about uh, the announcement of a live action One Piece that Netflix is doing, and what, and like, what are your expectations to a series like that that's going live action? Of course, when it uh, was first announced, there was skepticism because I'm like, how do you adapt One Piece? And you know, the anime at adaptations that have been coming out so far have uh not been well received i think the only like anime based movie that i liked because they just went in like how crazy the world was was the speed racer movie and i know that's a uh, yeah it's it's so over the top and so crazy it's a fun movie because you know you can just turn your brain off and a lot of good actors in there too like how could you not like john goodman as a uh speed's dad papa speed (laughs) yeah but um when they started making like when they made the like the cast when they announced the cast and the picture was like wow this is a lot of good like casting like i can see them playing these characters and then they just made some more recent cast announcements and i'm just like wow actually i i feel like the casting's very competent i don't know any of these actors um so you know i, I kind of like that too like the mystique of it um, because they look very like appropriate to like who they're, you know, representing. Um, my only thing that I would be like curious about, cause I don't know what the budget is for this, like the CG, cause oh, obviously yeah. they have to a do lot CG, of CG, <laughs> a ton of CG. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about it. Uh, okay. But uh, if they if they, if it's successful and they get to Thriller Bark, well, uh, I assume Gecko Moria is going to be all CG. Which is why don't get you get me? Oh, that would be. <laughs> I just, really, it, I pray to God they don't do a live action for like a, they get an actor to play that uh, a guy that that like he was he's a giant bowling pin. We're crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can wear a CG. I uh, like a mocap suit. I'll you can wear the, the book, yeah. yeah. <laughs> With the crazy laugh that he did, I forgot that laugh. Uh, I forgot what it was, but the uh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I hate that laugh was so crazily random. But that's what that was. The, that's the thing with One Piece. It had the, they all they all have weird laughs and stuff. But the, <laughs> but his is like high pitched, and it's just. Oh, he uh, he did it all the time. <laughs> I, I think honestly, that's what got me the role. Uh, was because that was part of the audition side was that laugh. 
So I think uh, uh, I, I think that's what kind of cinched it in for me because because uh, I'm also a huge fan of One Piece. And uh, so when I had the chance to audition, I was just like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Uh, because initially, funnily enough, I auditioned uh, for another care. I auditioned for Brooke. And, oh. <laughs> uh, but the thing about Brooke is, you know, he sings and I'm not I'm not much of a singer. So I was like, oh, man. But I was like so glad to be able to audition for like the, you know, characters for that arc. So when I got played the bad guys in one piece, I think would be a bet would be a fun role to do, though. Oh, yeah. No, I was like ecstatic because at first I thought I was going to play like this uh, one of his henchmen, Absalom, uh, like the guy with the tiger uh, line mouth and he could turn invisible. I was like, oh, I'm just going to be this guy. And and uh, I was like, "Uh, so I'm going to who can what? Because the director, Mike, wasn't in yet. And I was just talking with the audio engineers like, "Uh, which character I'm going to play. It's like, uh, I'll let that be a surprise for Mike to tell you. And then he comes in. He's like, well, you're the the big bad for the Stark. I was like, (laughs) that's a good surprise. That's a good surprise. I really like the idea that you know that you got the job, but you don't know what job you got within that until the day, the day that you arrive for it. It's very, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, nowadays, you know, they kind of, they give you like a little, like uh, a heads up, like, hey, we want you to be this character. And, you know, they'll give you a name. And uh, typically with like simul dubbing, there's a few episodes out already. Be like, okay, let me find this character. Because me, I like to know what I'm kind of recording for. I like to do a little research I'll, or at least watch an episode to get like a feel of it. But back then you come in like, okay, you got cast. Uh, you're like, who am I? <laughs> it's funny well i mean like I, i'm kind of i'm kind of torn apart with one piece right now like the live action version because i don't know like have, well did, did you uh did, did you watch like the live action of cowboy bebop uh i i've seen enough of like the clips online i'm just like i i should just give it a watch to give it a watch but like what i saw was not very appealing to me dialogue wise it was the dialogue that made me go huh? right well like i think overall i i think that it, this could be like the like because like for me like my comparison for a live action like an anime turned into a live action adaptation i think some of the i think the best movie for that was was the kenshin series uh, when they were Ronan Kenshin, like those movies just totally destroyed it out the uh, out the park with it. Oh uh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, uh, but like, I just, but I, I, but normally, because like, if if Kenshin didn't exist, I feel, I feel that like they could make the best kind of series, but I don't know if anime fans would be on top, would be on board on it though, because I don't know if it would be a matter of like if people like the idea to transition for live action, their characters like that, because they haven't really made a good live action uh, adaptation of any anime series, in my opinion, prior to any of this. And it's like, you're, you're going to hurt a lot of the, of the same community. So I, I want one piece to be, to, to be successful. I really hope that it's going to be good, but because I don't want to, I don't want it to do what they, what Cowboy Bebop did, which was one and done. And uh, yeah, yeah, more of the story to kind of you know, uh, uh, that's out there, you know. So that that's what I'm that's what I'm crossing my fingers. (laughs) At least with this, it seems like the people who are working with it, the actors, uh, the director, they they seem to they they seem to have done the research and have a genuine love for the the property. So, uh, 
so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I want to give them all my best and I, I I'm very curious of how it's going to turn out. Uh, so, you know, I, you know, fingers crossed. I want it to be good. Even if it's not the best, if it's competent, that's all I can ask for. Yes. <laughs> very much. Uh, totally agree. Um, well, uh, well, okay. Well, here's, the, here's a good question for you here. Uh, you, I like have a very dynamic vocal range um, because like I was completely surprised like uh, how low you can, you, you can get your voice in certain roles, especially in overlord. Uh, Cause you don't sound nowhere near to that level normally <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, was that something that you've been able to do? Or did you learn that like to control that through like professional training? Like what, what, what was there a secret to it? Uh, I can say I've definitely never taken like, a voice class it's always just been like acting classes um a lot of like what i can do with my voices just me home alone just like experimenting just like you know if you, anyone just walked in is like we got a man ma- is someone insane in this house <laughs> um so it was just a lot of play when i was behind by myself just go- you know experimenting with things trying to imper- impersonate like actors or other voice actors. And uh, also I would say one of the main reasons I can go that deep was because I had a lot of strep throat as a child. So I, it's always like, I was, so I would be like consistently raspy and, uh, and like, also I had asthma bad too. So it's like, oh, oh no. Wow. Golly. Well, that's cool. I mean, well, so that's cool. So that's basically what you're saying. You're basically, it was your, your mutant power. Okay. <laughs> exactly. I can be like, Hey, what's up? And like, Hey, what's up? <laughs> that is so cool though. That's like, golly. Don't like, uh, yeah, you'd probably freak someone out just normally if, you did, if they didn't, if they didn't know who you were, it's like, but Oh I, wow. I think it's so funny back in the day. If I, I there's an old recording somewhere where I was like, you know, my teens and I still had my lisp and I was trying to do a Zabuza impression from Naruto. I'm Zabuza Momochi from the Hidden Mist Village. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I don't know. I would able to take that, that ninja seriously. <laughs> 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 Sounded like that. I'm trying to sound like this badass. Yeah. Also, of course, being a young kid, everybody had a snake impression. Oh yeah, <laughs> so I was definitely guilty of doing that too. <laughs> oh god, yeah, that's yes, that would be. So you reminds me of reminds me of uh, what's the Jim Carrey, uh, the Cable Guy, when they came. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what that would be. <laughs> Jesus, uh, and uh, like and uh, uh, were you like a uh? uh uh, like, do you normally prefer like heroes to, to play the hero or the villain? And uh, do you have like a reason and why? Uh, definitely villains because they're fun. They can go in so many directions and, uh, you know, who doesn't like being a bastard man? Uh, I would say hero for the money. If you're a hero, you're probably in every episode, lots of hours to get in. So big payday for the hero. Well, I don't know. It depends on where you go. I mean, like, like you with Overlord, Einstein uh, Gone. It uh, uh, seems like he's he's the villain. He seems vill- villainous to me, though. Like it, it, it seems like that's what he's slowly kind of getting in, getting into more, more and more. And oh like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, it's uh, which is you know, it's like 
which I think it's cool. It's like, hey, let's uh, make a show about the bad guy as the main focus, which, you know, he, he doesn't think of himself as the bad guy initially because he's just like somebody who is just thrown into he's a victim of circumstance, basically. And he's just kind of like, uh, as everybody does in like uh, most of their lives, it's just like they're kind of winging it. And hoping things go right. It's like, um, and of course, you know, he has all his yes men, all the guardians of Nazarene. So uh, it's like, you know, Demiurge and Alberto, it's like, oh, you were actually planning this. Like, yes, I was indeed. <laughs> it was all part of my master plan. Like, did he have a different voice as an inner, in his inner, inner monologue? You know, like his, his, uh, his real life, I guess it's his real life persona. Uh, in his in his, uh, in his inner monologues, yeah. So there is definitely, and you know, we based it off the Japanese too. Is like in his internal voice is like his human voice, and then his exterior voice is the Ein's voice. So uh, also one of the main reasons I think I got cast in that role was because I couldn't make that difference between my voice. Your octave, your octave levels. Like, like I said, like your octave, it's it, it. Like it, you wouldn't like if. I would have saw you on the street. I would not know you would go that low. You'd be able to go that low. That it's amazing that, that you you get your voice so low like that. And so cleanly too. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause typically uh, when we, cause you know, if we're doing like hours of overlord back in the day, you know, we would start with uh, the, the um, uh, Momonga voice, which was the internal voice. His real name, Satoru Suzuki, but we call him Momonga. Uh, cause that was his game persona. And uh, so we would do that first because, you know, it's basically just my natural voice. And then we would switch over to Ein's because, you know, that's more taxing on my vocal cords. Mm. Yeah, I can only imagine, though, too. And I mean, like and him as a character, though, Ein's on Gone like, is already an interesting character in itself because, like, what makes him very interesting is his growth. Because from the first season... You're like you as the viewer of of watching Overlord, like you're rooting for him because it's like, oh, like you said, he's a character, he's a part, he's a victim of circumstance. But by like season three, it's like he's kind of he's kind of making some of these decisions where it's like you're doing what you just killed this guy that y'all were like cool with, you know, for like <laughs> like you helped him out and now you're now you turned now you stabbed him in the back by killing him. It's like like. Like, uh, like what is like, I want to know, like, what is your personal, like, like, uh, opinion on like what, where this, where it's, where this is going to lead, lead him to go. If you, uh, if you had to guess. Well, as it is, as we, when we left off in season three, he's basically taken over the kingdom of Riestes and, uh, uh, and I'm not quite sure where he's going from there because uh, he's still trying because his main objective is to find other players uh, from if there are any other players from his world that he came from. So that's always been his biggest, biggest, his biggest objectives were to find other players like him and also to protect and, uh, you know, keep safe. Nazarek and all the NPCs because he sees them as like his uh, friend's children because mm -hmm. they all collaborated to make this giant this play this uh, this this uh, this layer and they all work together to world build and make these characters so he it's him so he's kind of like ensuring because it, it's his only connection to his friends are these uh, these uh, guardians and other NPCs mm-hmm 
So he holds them to like a very high value. And I definitely in uh, the first season when he fought Shaltier, it was very hard for him to like kill his best friend's like daughter in a sense, because he refers to her as a daughter. And, uh, you know, thankfully he was able to revive because when he's in that, it's like, I don't know if I can revive her at all yet. So, you know, because it was very like a, a toss of coins, like, because she got mind controlled. And uh, then, you know, it's like, well, uh, all the one of my rarest items couldn't reverse that. And because uh, a more, you know, the only reason he can reverse that because somebody used a more powerful item. So it's like, well, the only way I can possibly see fixing this and kill is killing her. And seeing if she will revive, and you know, thankfully it worked out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he he he. The highest priority to him is Nazarik, the NPCs, and uh, finding out if there's anybody else like out there like him, and maybe because it seems like now he he hasn't he doesn't really it doesn't seem like he has any really real reason to go back because as it states in like the books, he doesn't have like any family left any relations. He's just kind of a loner. Right. Well, yeah, that that's true. I, that's also true, but like, but the way it kind of seems like, like, because you know, the main objectives to his goal, it does sound very simplistic that he was trying to get to try to find another person that's within the same world. But like the process of him doing that, like he basically made a trap, for uh for all like you know for the uh, mercenaries in his own set in his own town uh, own area they they even do an introduction about like this one small party group of like kind of like you're wanting to you'll be like oh this they're 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 a happy-go-lucky team and then they get brutal (laughs) brutally killed by by his by uh by by him and uh his minions and stuff like the like the girl the girl that was responsible of like the the twin little girls like the his her 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 younger sisters and stuff i'm just like wow this is getting a little heavy you know like yeah yeah i'm just like like i mean then remember in the seat in the first season when he tried when he saved that one village and then the villagers gets uh gets attacked again but then the guy that asked him to save the village uh, he's like, okay, he does it. Then turns around, season three, he kills the guy. It's like, it's like, it's like, wow, this is just a lot of, like, I mean, just like the ends are j- to justify the means. It's a very bloody, bloody trail of what he's trying to do. Is what I and the sad thing about the adventurers when they go, the ones who go into the tomb, um, it's like they had a chance to be technically spared, but it was only because one of the characters did not voice their true intention. If like Suare, not Suare, um, Arch, I believe, Arche, the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the one that Chaltier and at the end basically kills. If she had like said, like, I'm doing this for my sisters. He, I believe he would have spared them, but otherwise he just saw them as greedy and desecrating Nazarek. That is true. Okay. Fair point. I will agree to that. Cause so very, very extreme. Yes. Like, uh, these are just cannon fodder. Like these people are greedy. They're probably bastards in real life who just kill for money. So if the world loses them, who cares? Yeah. He grouped them. He grouped it up like, because he only put the information that he had in front of him, which was basically, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, miners of people, treasure miners and stuff to just go in his own tombs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and it was just a big experiment anyway, just to test the defenses of Nazarek. 
that's also yeah that's true but i mean like yeah no it is it is like like, come on man (laughs) it is horrifying yeah because he's becoming yeah more detached from his like humanity which is like which he like you read in the book or like from the intro of the books is like man i'm slowly kind of like becoming not affected by like violence and gore and things like this it just doesn't hit me like if i were human yeah, there were yeah because there were hints that he was starting to say about he was saying that that, that it doesn't it doesn't phase him anymore as much anymore. I do remember that. Uh, 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 remember it, and that's that's what's kind of scary to me because like now I know that I mean I know you, now they did announce the number four, and I know you may may not be able to <laughs> see or whatever, but like but like now since four is coming out, it's like. I don't even know what the heck is to expect about his, about his character. And I'm kind of worried to be like, this guy is going to go full fledged. Cause he's already like the ridiculously his, like his minions and him are already like ridiculously overpowered. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm very curious as well because I, you know, I've been doing the audiobooks and I, I haven't gotten that far yet. So basically where I am in the books, I'm basically in season two of the anime. Oh yeah! No, oh, no, exactly. I know exactly what you mean because the, yeah, because I was going to say something about your, the light novels that they're oh, cool, doing cool. the deal. But the uh, uh, yeah, like like the one thing that I will say, I will admit to this is like the one thing I hope that they do is maybe show progression of brain. Uh, what is his name? Brains, I believe. Yeah, brain and glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if he's if he gets it to become like you know a a, a hoss, which I hope he does, uh, then then like then then I can understand like okay. Because there's, there's going to be have to be a level of a check and a balance of some sort, and then I think that's where I'm I'm hoping that's where he's going to be where he where he's going to have his time to shine, and hopefully exactly yeah. and uh, climb too because uh, he I, I feel mm. like he has a, a a ton of potential as well. I, I'm really, yeah, I'm really worried about climb though. <laughs> yeah, with the uh, climb and Princess Renair, I'm just like, uh oh, yeah. Yeah, that was like, oh, that princess too, crazy. Just drives me like that whole situation with that, with the with with that royal family in general is just weird. So, I'll definitely definitely go with that. Uh, but I will say, you know, I, with Ains losing his humanity, I will. Say, but if you're under his rule and you don't defy him, he'll be like, yeah, you can live a good life because that you know after like the lizardmen after mm-hmm. he showed his dominance, it's just like, and it was only because Kokaida was just like. Hey, these guys are cool. They're they, basically these guys are hardcore. We should keep them. It's like, all right, cool. We'll we'll just learn how to govern people, and you know, they'll they as long as they're they play ball. Hey, they'll live a great life. That is true. That is true. That's that's still kind of like a dictatorship. Still. <laughs> oh no, it definitely is. It's like, don't defy me, or you all die. But hey. <laughs> You'll live a good life otherwise. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> oh, so funny. And like, uh, like you were saying earlier, though, because I mean, I like to multitask too, and uh, because of that, I am a fan of audiobooks. And uh, and I was, to my surprise, that you're starting, like, you are doing light novels. They're starting to do light novels on audiobooks itself now. And uh, and you are the author, like, you're the narrator or the reader for the Overlord ones. And, uh, uh, and, uh, what was even cool, like, what was like even cooler was that you were like, uh, like you, since you were the voice actor of, uh, of Vines and now you're doing the light novel version of a series that you've already did the mangaka for like overall, like how was your experience doing the same story in that kind of format? I would say it was, uh, easier to transition 
into because, uh, you know, I knew the story already. I, I just except with the books, uh, there's just a little more detail. I would say like in the first book, it was more like technical details of like the game mechanics and all that. But, you know, it's just like little things here and there, just like more internal thoughts or like uh, uh, extra bits of dialogue. But it was funny because uh, of how I was approached for the audiobook because I got a random DM on my Twitter. It's like, hey, would you be interested in doing an audiobook? I was like, who is this? Like, what? <laughs> and then I got a message on like Facebook. And it was like, hey, I was trying to reach out to you. And I was like, I was like, uh, here, have my email and contact me here. Because I, I thought it was odd because I had an, uh, an email on my Twitter. But yeah, it turned out to be like legit. And I was like, oh, oh, because like, yeah, he's, you know, when he sent me like a proper email, I was like, yeah, I'm with, a, you know, a hatchet uh, audio. Uh, you know, it, they're doing the audio books through, you know, Yimpress like, you know, commissions them to get the audio books done. But I was like, oh, oh, gosh, this is for real. And honestly, I never thought I would ever do an audio book because I'm like, gosh, long hours of work plus editing and then uh if especially with you know fantasy novels or any nonfiction, you gotta do all these voices so i was like i was like ah, do i want to do this it sounds like this could be tedious but i was like but it's overlord and i'm really connected to the series so i was like all right let's do this so and thankfully, the, the first uh, audiobook was very well received. Uh, lots of reviews on uh, Audible. and uh, But that first book, it was like very much a learning curve for me because I had never narrated a book before. And I was like pretty nervous. Like I, I've done narration, but never like long form narration like that. And of course, you know, exactly. Like I've got to put, you know, and... With the Overlord series, they're on the shorter side because I know some books can be like 13 hours, 21 hours. Thankfully, usually the Overlord books go between 8 to 10. So uh, very digestible. But still, you know, if I'm doing all these other projects, I'm like, oh, I got to get, oh, my God, I got to get at least X amount of time in today to, if I want to meet the deadline. Yeah. But um, I've definitely got more efficient with it as the books went on. So it, it, it was, yeah, the first book, it was like, you know, the, the last week I had needed to submit it, it was like editing, like just up all night editing. It's like my fingers are raw, my my wrist hurts. I'm like, ah, I'm so I'm freaking out. But uh, it, it was a good experience, and I'm I'm glad for it. And uh, and it uh, has been a, a nice little bit of income that comes in. Oh, that's cool. The, but the, definitely. Oh, I'm sorry. Go on. Oh, do you prefer that format over over the normal, like you know, just normal the normal voice acting, uh, uh, the, just doing the normal role of it in the anime? Or I'd say like doing the anime. Uh, the only thing I like about that is you have the visuals. I'm, I'm only playing one character, and there's somebody else doing the editing. Because uh, when I do the audiobook, I actually self direct because my hours are so wonky uh, that I can't like have like a really set schedule. So, you know, I could be doing it like super early in the morning or like two o'clock at night or like midday just depends. 
So, um, I, I, which I was very grateful for that. It was like, they trusted me enough to be like, yeah, you can just do it, uh, on your own time. Just be sure to, you know, submit it by this time. But also, you know, that comes into the problem. Be like, I can do this anytime I want. And then you're like, oh gosh, I'm slacking. I need to get, I need to get some stuff done today and be like, all right, I've been narrating for six hours. I think I can uh, put a pin in it today. Then you're like, oh great. I have six hours of audio to edit. <laughs> oh my God. You might, you put, so you, you do the editing, the editing itself too. Like you'll not like, like the mastering or like the, I just basically, I'm just cutting out mistakes I make. Oh, okay. I got you. Kind of like if, I mean, I guess it's like doing a run on and you just wanted to have the best sentence out of the, out of the run, I would suppose like that kind of thing. Exactly. If okay. I, I didn't like the read or I tripped up, I was just like, okay, so it's just a, just a bunch of cut and pasting or just cutting. And, uh, what else was I going to say? Um, yeah, that's uh that's uh because uh, also uh, typically how I do approach the books now is um, I do the narration first and when there's character dialogue, I will do da 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 put dialogue here da 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 da. So it's a, a certain waveform so I can just come to that, put some space in between it. And then I when I'm done doing the little edits on the narration part, I have a separate audio file our audio track that I do all the dialogue in sequence. So I can just put it in that space I made in the narration spot. So that's made it uh, much easier for me because I, I don't like kind of like doing narration than doing character voice and narration and character voice. I prefer just to be into like one mindset as I'm doing it. Fair enough. That makes sense. Like there's no reason for you to kind of work that. That would, they would allow that would, if you didn't, otherwise it would be like, you'd be working harder. <laughs> for the same for the same somewhat outcome so yeah and uh, uh, you know it depends on the the actor too like and maybe some people will be like oh yeah i can just narration then into character but then sometimes i'm like oh wait what this character sound like and then i have to go back to an old like audio file and listen okay that's the voice i did the, for them it's like oh this character i did in uh, book two uh they come up in book four it's like ah dang uh, let me go and <laughs> listen to that <laughs> reference Man, it just sounds very involved. <laughs> that sounds really involved, though. In this one, uh, in the audiobook form. Uh, yeah, that is that is the thing, and you know, it would be easier for me if I did do it at a studio with a director and had an engineer. But also, like when I'm doing a book, like I I stumble a lot, so I'm like mm -hmm. I don't want to waste their time being like, I'm sorry, I just keep getting the sentence messed up. <laughs> so I'm just like, you know, I, I, I like to do it on my own because I can just mess up as much as I want and be like, OK, I just got to cut all that mess out. And then, hey, we got a book, baby. <laughs> That's how books are made. Sweet deal. Yeah. <laughs> get that going. And uh, like uh, and I know the, like uh, like I know you're also like the voice of uh, Metal Cooler in the Dragon Ball Z Bridge series, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was actually yeah. before I officially started like uh, doing Funimation stuff. Oh, re oh, really? Because like, man, one of my favorite, one of my favorite quotes that you had was it was, can you get that phone? It's like, why? Because I fucking called it. <laughs> and I was like, I just gave it to my friends all the time. And I'm just like, the way you just, it, you did that point. I was like, I just, it, it still stuck with me to this day. <laughs> so there you go. But that uh, one. And uh, what else is another fan favorite? Oh, I'm a black man, dumbass tree. <laughs> yeah, so there you go oh but uh like were there like during that time when you were doing it like was there any kind of like was there a lot of ad-libbing or was that just basically direct like uh 
direct from like something in your own mind or something that was uh, uh, gone from like, you know, the team team four star themselves. Uh, with Team Four Star, they're very specific about their writing, and I'm not like somebody who like is like a comedic writer. So I would just go, you know, I would be a hundred percent on their uh, what they written down, or if they fed me a, like something to say. Uh, I and with anime too, uh, there's not like I don't ad lib a lot, and, and if it's if there's anything, it's mostly just be like, oh, we need to cut like a word out of this line. It's like, oh, what if we cut this out, or what if we add this in, just to you know fit timing. I'll like, let me think. Like, there's oh, there is one thing that I, is a stupid line that I uh, ad libbed in this um, uh, by the Sound Cadence Studios. It was a anime called Termai Romai. And it's basically about this man called Lucius, who's like this um, bathhouse architect. And, you know, he's fallen on hard times. He, you know, it's like, well, I'm, you know, everybody hates my designs now. Maybe I'm just not fit for this anymore. And I play this character, Marcus, who is like a, a mason worker, who does, you know, uh, you know, statues and all st- things like that. And it was like, you know, very salt of the earth guy. So we go hang out at the bathhouse and just relax and, Lucius gets, it's like a reverse isekai. He gets sucked into like a hole in the bath uh, house and he pops up in like a modern bathhouse in Japan, modern day. So it's like, what the heck is all this? Ah, so he basically, he goes in the modern day, instills the innovative ideas and comes back uh, to his time. And uh, one of the things was like uh, cold milk, uh, fruit milk. So he's like, ah, gosh, I can't, uh, I can't get the milk temperature just right. And then this random character comes up. It's like, sir, we have the milk. Uh, What am I supposed to do? And it's like, oh, we'll get some more milk. And then the guy runs off. And I don't know what Marcus's original line was, but I was just like, Marcus likes his milkies. And they kept that in. I was like, what the heck? (laughs) Oh, also, also, um, when, uh, I, t- I tell the guy, I tell Lucius, uh, it's like, oh, remember that bathhouse you got, uh, you almost drowned in? Well, they're going to tear it down. It's like, wait, no, you can't do that. I got to go back to uh, that place I was at. And it was like, wait, Lucius, where are you going to get more milk? <laughs> what is it with what is it with them keeping the stupid milk line? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was just funny. And it's hilarious. And it's like, okay, it's like, oh, it's like this is pure gold, never milk. <laughs> Maybe they got sponsored by like a milk thing. I don't know. <laughs> but that's hilarious. Oh, that's funny. Oh, uh, because okay. uh oh, I just want to say because I, I think it, it was we could get away with that too, because like that that because i know they're making like a remake of it to like you know with actual anime productions because what it looked like in that initial one we worked on it looked like a flash animation something like you would like it looked like some aqua teen hunger force like animation going on like you know photoshop and they would tween things so it wasn't the best but that's why i was like we can take so many creative liberties with this <laughs> that's perfect oh man uh, okay all right i got one final question for you chris it was really funny uh like uh what is one if you could, uh what is one of the craziest or weirdest lines that you could remember that you had to say in, in in any of the roles that you've done like it could be anything that you that you could remember it could be out of context whatever like what, what would be one of the funny craziest funniest or weirdest things that, that, that you said Okay, I, I, this one's also from uh, Termai Romai. 
Um, and this was a Wallace Essence show. We were all saying this together in unison. Big dick energy. Big dick energy. Big dick energy. Big dick energy. And for context, uh, you know, Lucius gets sent to a modern day, but he's at a Japanese festival. But it's also, it's like a, a real festival where it's like a penis festival. Yeah, fertility one. Yeah, yeah. So all our characters are carrying the huge wooden penis and we're saying big dick energy. One of the funnest uh, group sessions I've ever had. And we were just like losing our shit. That is great. You know, it's funny. I actually went to that festival. <laughs> so, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to that festival back in uh, 2019. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I, I really want to, one of my personal things when I go to Japan is like, once the One Piece manga is done, uh-huh. I need to go to Japan, pay my respects, be like, ah, oh, God, like, I can't believe, because, you know, I grew up with it, essentially. It was like, with like the Shonen Jump magazine, then I transitioned to like uh, the mm-hmm. actual manga. So I was like, I gotta, you know, I was like, that's always, that's been like a, like a bucket list things like One Piece ends, going to Japan. Oh, that's fair. That's a very fair. That'd be very fair. And that's very, that would make sense because, you know, it's funny. Uh, I was thinking about it. I was like, when did One Piece start? And then uh, I looked at it in this way that One Piece started when the very first Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VII, it was, two, it came out two years after Final Fantasy VII came out, which was back in 97. Oh, and wow. I, so, oh, yeah, it was 99 then, huh? <laughs> yeah, 99. And I was like, wow. holy crap. And yet, and you're like, it's so crazy to me to think that there's a show that's still going on like that in the anime world. Well, I guess there's two shows, Detective Conan and that are the two shows. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that are just like, just will, like, hopefully we'll stop sometime soon. We don't know when, but still. <laughs> but that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, because I can't believe like uh, we're technically because Oda said what like seventy percent done with the manga. We're basically yeah. end game, but like, what's that mean? Five years, ten years? Yeah, because like when you think about it, he's only done. He's only fought two of the four the four uh four emperors. So like, yeah. so then like, and then that's not even including like what One Piece is. So exactly, like, yeah. So then in, like, uh, and I don't know if you heard recently, um um the the uh the servers got hacked so now it's on in, yeah for the people for the releases of one piece now the currently uh, uh new episodes of one piece is now indefinitely delayed because uh because of their servers got hacked that's so, oh my gosh so this is like very recent this happened happened t- today yesterday, today? Well, I guess yesterday oh my yeah I guess wow. that's okay. Yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. I know, right? <laughs> it's like uh so yeah, because of that, it's gonna there's gonna be a delay. And then and uh I mean they've been doing this uh Wano arc for god knows how long already, <laughs> and now we're just waiting. Now we got another random delay that's gonna be that's gonna take some time. That sucks, but also I mean like, okay, give some time for the manga to go a little further so they they don't they have you know be like okay we can do these episodes at like a, a leisurely pace or you know be like okay let the manga go on because because what are they i think they're like about 40 chapters behind with the yeah, manga f- right now yeah you're right you're they're not that far off from where the manga is at right now you're, you're, yeah because right. they're about to get to like one of the hypest parts in the in the or in the manga like what they people will call it like roof roof piece 
or, you know, basically with the big battle that goes on the roof, I'm like, oh, man, that's like quite a point to be like, OK, we're going on hiatus. <laughs> it's like, you know, this is true. Maybe they maybe they, that's what they need. You're, t- you're totally right. They, now they'll have some time to actually get a little bit ahead of where they need to be. But, you know, you're totally right. <laughs> but yeah, still um, like, yeah, it's, uh, that's that sucks about it. like it does the hacker. Let me find them. Like, uh, I, but then again, I get bet like every fan of like any like toy and all that is like all the properties they have like where is that hacker we have something to say <laughs> bet you think yeah oh it's it's probably already happening right now man i can only imagine oh well it was terrible uh but uh chris thank you so much for talking with me it was fun geeking out with you today it was like man i'm it's like i'm so surprised that how long we were talking it's a lot longer than i thought we were going to but that's awesome um but uh is there any like uh is there anything you want to you could want to plug like what the next convention you're going to be at where people can can see you or like you know uh uh the like where people can find you on social media and stuff uh, i have a few cons coming up but the only one that has been publicly announced is uh anime athens and athens texas so if you're local to texas come on over and if you want to see what my other con announcements will be uh go to at Chris Guerrero VA on twitter.com and then see me post all kinds of things, mostly art, maybe some cringe and then some con announcements and some role announcements. Also overlord volume three, the audiobook is now on audible. If you make a free audible account, your first book is free. Oh, so there you go. That's some good upsailing. <laughs> yeah, that's gotta may have to write that down <laughs> but uh yeah that is great hey but chris like once again guys if you'd like to if you like the interview we had with chris guerrero we, uh you can listen to that amongst other awesome interviews too you could definitely go check us out on confreaksgeeks.com or go to any of our podcasts uh any podcast service to listen to uh listen to it out there so uh once again this is davis signing off y'all take it easy